0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you too can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. I am so glad that you're here with us today. Today is your day of hope. We are going to spend today filling you with hope, talking to you about hope, and interviewing a best-selling author whose whole book is about the power of hope and how you can have the power of hope in your life. It's yours. It's yours to claim. It's yours to have. You deserve it, and today is going to be your day of hope. I'm so delighted, excited, and honored that you're here with us today because, you know, It's just such a compliment um, and a privilege that you would take time out of your day to spend some time with us, to help you live as a thriving entrepreneur um, and to really invest in yourself because you're important. The world needs you. You've got some stuff that only you can bring to the world, but only you can bring it to the world. And so with those kind of thoughts in mind, I really am so grateful that you're here with us today because today we really want to invest in you having hope. We want to invest hope into you because it really truly is the gold. I heard a statistic the other day and I have not fact checked this, so um, if if it's not true, um, you know, don't don't send me emails and go, Steve. That's not true. I, I really don't know, um, but it's very close to true. I, I know ninety percent of it is definitely true. Normally speaking, now there are some exceptions to this rule, but normally speaking, a person can go for about three weeks without any food, no food whatsoever. A person can go for about three days with no water, none, zero. Um, And a person can go for about three minutes with no air. Now, I know even as you've heard all those, you're like, well, yeah, what about Gandhi and how long he went? And what about the persons that I know that, you know, have recycled and and those kind of things with the water? And, And what about the people who can hold their breath for four or five minutes? And All of those are exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking... Um, You know, you can go three weeks with no food, three weeks, three days with no water, and about three minutes with no air. But here's the interesting part of that statistic. All of those, by the way, are are true. I know that. I fact-checked that. But here's the one that I heard that that I had never heard before that really intrigued me, Uh, and that's that you can only go about 30 seconds with absolutely no hope. Now, I know a lot of us have been in hopeless, despondent, horrible situations. But hope is it's a sneaky thing. It's something that pops its head up in the darkest of hours. Um, we will find ourselves thinking, doing, saying things. That have hopefulness in them because it's inherent in, if you will, the DNA of who we are as people is that we hope. Um, In the worst of situations, we find something to hope for. Now, some of those things, they serve us. Some of those are ways that we learn, ways that we grow. Others of those are you know, vengeance, um, their uh, payback, those kind of things. And we invest that hope muscle, if you will, into things that, that really don't serve us as people, um, but the hope still attaches to it. There are really no incidences that I can think of where a person is literally devoid of all hope. Um, I mean, I suppose technically you could say that, um, you know, that a coma patient is, but I've heard enough people talk about, you know, the different things about people hearing their loved ones around them and different things like that. Or even, you know, when you've heard stories of people who had near-death experiences and they talk about seeing the light or those kind of things. And that's how deeply entrenched in us hope is even at the point where people have been declared dead, they have a hope. It lives beyond our physical body. For those, uh, you know, for for most people, regardless of your religious background, we understand that as a person, we have a body. We live in this earth suit. We have a mind, um, you know, that that processes things and stores information and those kind of things. And then there is a spiritual part of us um, that is. Uh, more eternal, and, and we're, again, like you said, regardless of what religious background you come from, that spirit part of us, that eternal part of us, and uh, that's kind of the, the residency, if you will, for hope. It's that spirit within you that continues on. Um, you know, now, physicists would tell you that um, that part of the journey is something that has to do with energy and that energy is never created nor destroyed. Um, you know, a minister would talk to you about God in your life, regardless of, again, religion, all of those kind of things. What what we know for sure is that there is that spiritual nature within us. That's why, you know, most of the 12-swept programs have um, a spiritual, higher power kind of element in it is because when we believe in nothing greater than ourselves can become the greatest danger. I remember um, a line from a book. It was an amazing way of expressing it. Um, And I won't go into the whole book, but, but the lady basically comes to a place where she begins to believe that there might be something to believe in. Um, And she essentially says, for there to be a fence, something solid, something concrete that divides right from wrong, regardless of which side of the fence I'm on, that gives me a place to then base my life off of, rather than just being out there in nothing with no borders, no boundaries, nothing as a frame of reference. And that is a great way of thinking about what hope is. It's, it's a foundation inside of us. Um, you know, it is the, the thing that we all attach to, you know, so think about it. Um, you know, from your earliest childhood memories, you know, we start hoping that we're going to get, you know, that thing, a new bike or a, a doll or something like that for Christmas or for our birthday. And, you know, my, my granddaughter just had her birthday a couple weeks ago now from when I'm recording this. And, um, and uh, you know, the week before her and I were sitting down, we are playing dolls. Um, it's a lot of fun for us. We play with, uh, you know, her dollies and, and we have a lot of fun. Um, And I was asking her, what did she want for her birthday? And she had a list. And that's the thing with little kids. You know, you don't have to, like, um, teach them how to hope. You know, they are always hoping, dreaming, thinking, believing in more. It's just part of who we are. Um, You know, when a person... Uh, In whatever circumstances they're in, there is that hope that they reach for, you know, if a loved one is drastically hurt, you know, I mean, many of you know that our youngest daughter, Maya, has been going through after her diagnosis for AML leukemia, Um, you know, and you can talk about all the different stages of grief. But throughout all of the stages of grief, as well as I've realized in our own life as we've gone through this, there's always that element of hope. Well, what if it isn't as bad as what we, you know, what it feels like? What if, you know, and now, of course, the doctors are talking about um, the particular type that she has that if she can make it to the five-year mark that in their realm they pretty well call that cured for what she has um, that they're you know, as a young adult um, if they can make it through the five-year mark they, you know, they almost never see recurrence and so again and you can probably hear as I'm saying it that hope that things will be um, you know, and there are so many different things in our own lives that we go through and um, right up until the very end um, if you've ever been with somebody in the last moments of their life you can see that holding on to hope no matter what the doctor says you know the doctor has kind of come in with the scientific uh, factual proof but how many people do we know that you know the doctor said they had six months and they've been alive for 15 or 20 years you know all the different things Uh, you know it's interesting um, if you do have somebody in your life that, or yourself that's diagnosed with something uh, you know there's people um, all over that have all kinds of uh, cures basically (laughs) you know all kinds of things that you know you should drink more water you should do this and I'm not dissing any of them I'm just saying that you know in all of those as we hear about somebody else's situation we reach for hope Hope is just intricately a part of who we are as people. Um, But things happen. Things hit us so hard. And there are days when it feels impossible to hope. And even right now as I've been going through all of that, some of you are going through some stuff. And you feel, you're like, I can tell you for sure that you you can go more than 30 seconds without hope. Because it's been years since I've had hope. Um, But I want you to, to take a minute and realize the things that you do live for. The reason why in those days, and I've been there, I understand it, where not living anymore seems more plausible than another minute when, if you will, it's like a black hole. And rather than fighting against it, you wanna jump in and just be done. I know what that feels like, I understand. What I can tell you is, is that you're here today. And so as hopeless as you may feel, as I'm talking about this, as you're maybe even been a little angry with me throughout the course of this intro, what I can tell you is that there is hope. It may be the smallest grain of a seed of hope, but as long as you're alive, there is hope. There is purpose. There is a reason. Things are able to move from where they are right now to something. Something. And what I've found over the course of the 51 years as of when I'm recording this that I've been around is sometimes that next isn't what we were expecting. It isn't what we thought. We have our plans. You know, there's that old saying, man plans and God laughs. (laughs) Um, Sometimes there was a plan and us and or others in our lives have hijacked that plan and put us way off to the left from when we should have been way over to the right um, or what have you. And it really isn't a matter of finding who to blame for it as much as it's a matter of seeing now that possibility, that open window, that little side street in life that seems like a dirt road and you're like, I don't even know why I would go there. And yet as we turn, as we pivot, as we take just the smallest chance by grasping on to that minuscule, microscopic grain of hope that is the difference between the people who have completely lost hope and no longer with us, and where all of us are here, we grasp a hold of that desperately with both hands. And for those of you that are feeling hopeless right now, all I'm saying to you is, if you can just reach out with the little tiny bit of hope that you have in you, that is the thing that right now means that you're still alive, We want to try to give you some stuff today to help you live again, to triumph through your tragedy. I don't want to diminish anything about what you've been through, what you're going through. It's real, it's horrible, and I feel for you deeply. But I also want to be here offer you a life raft, a hand up, the hug that you need, whatever to be able to help you move from your tragedy into a triumph and find the power that exists deep within you that is that concept of hope. So that for those of you that have been listening, hoping, that today can be your day that you discover how you too can live as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you so much again for being here today. I don't know the situation, the circumstance that you've been through. Some of you, as you're listening, you have such great things going on. And I'm so excited. And I rejoice. I celebrate those with you. And for others of you, it's really maybe the lowest point in your life. It's a tough time. And I want you to know that I'm here for you that this show is dedicated to wherever you are in your life to help you take just that small step up to begin to live again from what you hear here today. Know that you're not alone in what you're going through. That there is even better things. So if it's Really great going on now. There's even more great coming up. Greater than you can imagine. And if it's really tough right now, there is hope. There is a brighter future that is coming for you. I know that. I believe that. I see that for you. And I want you to embrace it today. As you listen and find ways that your life can be better and that you can move on to you having hope. Today, we're not only going to talk about hope, but I hope by the time we're done, you're going to feel filled with hope because there is power in hope. And so today I'm going to introduce to you not only one of our best-selling authors, but somebody who really gets the concept of hope, both in your own life as well as in our own. Join me in welcoming Tammy Denise. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm great. How are you? oh, I'm doing so good. I, uh, we've been looking forward to your book for so long that it's, fun. We're, you know, at the finish line now. We are at the
2: finish line and I am excited and exhausted.
1: So give people just a, you know, the quick bio of, you know, why it is that you are such an expert in helping people uh, reclaim hope, reclaim life after tragedies.
2: Well, you know, from my own personal experience and the number of tragedies and traumas that I have had throughout the years to my vocation as a pastor and a chaplain, I have worked through my own, um, you know, difficulties with trauma and having to figure out, you know, how to help the sun shine again in my own life. And um, as a pastor and as a chaplain, um, I've also had to help other people find their sunshine again because, you know, life will throw us a curveball and before you know it, everything um, can feel pretty gloom and doom and even hopeless.
1: You said something the other day on a private call because, you know, for those people that haven't figured this out yet, uh, Kathy and I know Tammy really well. She's awesome. She's. Uh, one of our close personal friends, as well as one of our best-selling authors. And you and Kathy were on the phone the other day and you said something so incredibly powerful. Um, You said to Kathy, you tell all of your people, regardless of what they're going through, that no matter what it is, that doesn't give you the right to be nasty. And I have never heard anybody say that. Usually, you know, we just give (laughs) so much grace to people who are going through trauma.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I learned that from my son when he was about eight or nine years old, he had severe asthma, was diagnosed. One of the, you know, at that time, few cases um, of children that were diagnosed with full-blown asthma at age of two. And so he was on all of those medications and um, you know, uh, steroids and things that just kind of had him bouncing off of the walls. Well, by the time he became school age, you know, the expectation is that this kid would sit in his seat and not be disruptive in class. And his teacher and I figured out that though he was on this medication that was causing him to be jittery, you know, the albuterol, the steroid, causing him to be jittery, we still had to teach him to be in control of himself and his choices. And I learned then that, you know, we don't get to just let circumstances dictate how we treat others. And so in my work with cancer patients, um, I work with terminal patients on a regular basis. And um, I tell them, I said, you don't get to be nasty to the people who are extending their love and their care toward you. You know, they have their journey and they have a choice in this too. And they have chosen to support you. So, no, we don't, when we are um, having seasons of despair, have the permission to be nasty.
1: Man, I know that struggle that your son went through. I've been there on the you know, four or five years old emergency room drives in the middle of the night. So I know how tough that one can be. Um, But let's let's move on to hope. I mean, the power of Mm -hmm. hope. You talked about the fact that you deal with people who are terminal. So, you Mm -hmm. know, the ultimate place of, you know, okay, I get the right to not have hope. But you bring hope into their life. How, How do you do that?
2: Well, I just want to make a correction. They don't get the right to not have hope. They don't get the right to be nasty when they're in seasons of despair. But how I help them to transition from the moments of despair is the other permission I give them is I give them permission to feel. I give them permission to feel nasty and to feel abandoned and to feel angry. And sometimes that anger is directed at God. And a lot of people, um, especially people in the Christian community, don't feel like God is big enough to handle our anger. But God is. God is not caught up or hung up, and God is not surprised when we are angry, when we are confused and lost and just don't know, you know, what is going on in our lives.
1: I love that thought. You know, I mean, there is a Jewish belief that regardless of the circumstance, that God is willing and wants to take responsibility for every single thing that happens, good and bad. He's okay with backing it up to his, his front door.
2: Oh, absolutely. That, and that's where scriptures like cast all your cares upon me come from. God wants us to cast all of our cares. Not just the good and happy ones, not just the prosperous ones, because sometimes all we want to do is just feel better. You know, my, my traumas are, uh, revolve around loss, uh, loss of loved ones. But other people have traumas um, as extensive as, as that and very different. And some people might have the trauma of simply just feeling lost in their direction in life. And that's traumatic when you don't know, you know, what's next or, you know, what to look forward to. So God wants us to cast all of our cares on
1: him. And I think that anybody that's, you know, probably older than about five or six, maybe even a little younger than that, <laughs> has had that time when you're just hopeless. You know, you just absolutely you can't see the sun, even if it's shining on your face. Um, how do we? Well, first of all, we want to get into how, but let's talk just a little bit first about what does hope mean? Because you know, there's a difference between hope and joy and happiness and giddiness. So, right. definitely right. for us hope.
2: My definition of hope is that there is always a reason to get up again. You know, we are not in control of when we open our eyes and how. You know, whether or not we get to experience another day. That's that's in God's control. And so, for some of us, um, we will open our eyes, but we, like you said, we can't see the joy in that day. We can't see our purpose, and 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 that's what um, precipitates hopelessness. And so, for me, hope is being able to access. Um, life, whatever that looks like, and that there are always opportunities for our life to be better or different than what it is right now.
1: Hmm. Sometimes those opportunities may not be what we thought they were, but right. they're still opportunities.
2: Absolutely. And guess what? And because they're not what we thought they were, when we release control around thinking that we know what's best for us. It's like a parent, you know, you have children, right? And so, you know, we tell the child, don't eat the cookie before dinner. Well, the child may not fully understand the concept around why you can't eat the cookie for before dinner, but the parent knows that you want to give them their nutrients so that it will, you know, help to, to develop their body and so on and so forth, right? That's the same thing with God. God knows what's best for us. Whether we think so or not, God knows what's best for us. And we were all put on earth for a specific purpose. And every event in our life prepares us to fulfill that purpose and that destiny. Most often, it's not even for us. It's for other people, which is why I knew I had to get this book out of me, you know, even, you know, in the midst of grieving and hopelessness of my own after my significant losses, I had to release this experience to other people so that they too might be able to attach themselves to
1: my hope until they can get to their own. So how do we reclaim our life after a tragedy is struck?
2: Well, you know, what I did in in putting this book together was I said, you know, Tammy, what did you do? How did you get back up? And I really did just go back and retrace my steps of what I did to, to get back up now. Because each phase in my life, um the reclamation of hope has looked differently because i've gained more tools and more access to wisdom and resources right so um I, you know it's not a fancy name for it i just call it the 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 6 r's and that starts with release it moves from release to rest then it's receive Excuse me. Then it's recreate. Um, No, it's receive. Then it's restore. Then it's recreate and rise. And just very, very briefly, Steve, what that looks like is, you know, a lot of times we want to um, just be at the next season, not even the next phase, the, the whole next season. But you can't move from one season to a next to the next without going through whatever comes in that season, depending on where you live. You know, if you're on the East Coast right now, people are being slammed by snow, uh, and, you know, we're just uh, incredible snow, where it shut down cities. Um, you, you've got earthquakes here in California, um, on the borders, on the coast, you've got hurricane seasons, and you have to go through those seasons. There are feelings and emotions attached To each season and and we have you know kind of how we feel about those those seasons right and so we have to release those negative um, feelings those those thoughts that that bind up our um, opportunity to see a new perspective because we're so absorbed in what's happening to us with me at one time I was so absorbed with just my grief that all I could do was weep every single day. I woke up just to weep and I didn't want to spend my life like that. So I had to get mad. I had to really hit in the sadness and I had to really allow myself to release all that I was experiencing in that season. Um, In the book, I I use a couple of um, Bible stories, but for the sake of the interview I'll just say you know and then once we release we can rest what I've noticed in myself and with others that I serve is that before we can release what happens is people say I'm tired I'm just so tired when people are in you know seasons of despair or difficulty you hear it all the time I'm tired I'm just so tired I know I got two days worth of sleep I took two the whole weekend off and I slept the whole weekend but I'm still just so tired that's because they're still holding on to all of that trauma and they've not given it permission to move past. Once they've moved past it, then they can actually have rest, restorative rest, not just sleep. Then when we, after we rest, I call it the season of receiving. We have to align ourselves with allies that will help us to get back up because sometimes we don't have the strength not just sometimes quite often we don't have the strength to get back up on our own we have to have help from others and that's the way God designed it God put people on the earth to help support one another and the earth right so that's the most difficult piece um, in the process. A lot of people think it's actually the rest, but it's receiving because we, we live in the shame. We live in the guilt of it. And we don't want to accept um, help from someone else because quite often we'll feel beholden to them like we owe them something. And no, we just have to receive the gift of God's love through the people that God has put in our lives for that, that season after we are receiving um access to our allies then it's time to restore you know with with cancer and cancer patients our bodies go through um, a grueling process when we choose chemotherapy and chemotherapy strips our body of everything all the good cells um, as well as the bad cells which it's intended to do so we have to replenish those good cells, so that we can restore our bodies back to its new place, right? So then, that's that re- that season of restoration. Okay, so then we're now we're all good and restored, but we're like, who am I? I just want to be who I, I want to get back to normal, but that normal is no more because whatever has transpired in your life has changed the way you know life to be. So you can't go back to something that you know, has come through this you know metamorphosis. You kind of have to recreate yourself and recreate your new normal. Then after you recreate your new normal, you know where you are, you've been all restored, and you've rested, you've got your allies in alignment, you've released, then it's time to get up and rise and to start and march 4th, moving forward in um, this new place that you're in. That's good stuff.
1: Um, I hope so. So how do we identify which one of those, uh, which one of those States we're in?
2: Um, it's really, it, a lot of times it, it is just time. Um, you know, obviously if, 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 if the trauma is new, um, if the trauma is new, you 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 have to be still because I and I don't want to say you have to be still. People don't have to do it, but getting still allows you to be present in where you are. You know, we can't control the past, we can't control the future. All we can do is be present in the current moment and make the best of that moment whatever that might look like people will look for toward perfection but there there's no such thing as perfection it's it's being okay with where you are and, and it takes time this process takes time and so in identifying it a lot of times it has to do with 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 time um other times you know we can sit down um i One of my coaches' training—it's called the Cancer Journey Roadmap—but I take that roadmap and I apply it to all phases of my life, and I call it the Life's Journey Roadmap. And I look at it from from initiation to the call, and that—you know—that's a whole different framework that I don't necessarily feature in the book, but it's going from—you know—receiving this information. Uh, uh, of this trauma or this life circumstances that, that shifted things for you to, you know, getting acclimated to that, to then, you know, going into those depths of despair because we all will hit that, that deep cycle and then coming out of it and seeing that, you know, there are people in place for you and then moving toward your breakthrough and then living in your new transformation. So, you know, there's a process that I personally can take Um, clients through to help them locate where they are in
1: the process. The book is called The Power of Hope, Reclaiming Your Life After Tragedy by bestselling author Tammy Denise. That's spelled T-A-M-M-I-E-D-E-N-Y-S-E. Get your copy of the book today. Tammy, thanks so much for spending some time with us with this very enlightening, great information.
2: Thank you so much, Steve, for ha- having me, and I look forward to serving this community.
1: Some of the authors that we have on here, the subject they're talking about is something that, uh, you know, the one thing that we leave you that you can take action on is something that, um, you know, you can do it in a bubble. You don't need anybody else to help you. Um, there are other things in our life that they're big, they're huge. Um, And often, you need other people to help guide you through it. You need people who are there for you. Now, sometimes it even needs to be somebody who's trained. Um, You know, Tammy is amazing at what she does. And she helps so many women, um, you know, going through breast cancer um, that are terminal and those kind of things. Um, And, you know, there are other things that we go through that are medical that you know you need a doctor you need a trained professional to help you with sometimes there are uh, imbalances in ourselves biochemically um, you know sometimes we don't know what we don't know I mean I've, I've shared several times on the show um, about my own weight loss struggles and the fact that you know there's still so much that I just don't even really know or understand about what good nutrition really is. And I'm learning as I go, Um, you know. And so sometimes we need to have an outside person who comes in and says, you know, here's some information that'll help you with that. Um, And so don't be afraid to take the next step, to contact Tammy, to contact others of the uh, people that we've had on the show And uh, really talk through the situations. Um, You know, a lot of times it's so easy. Um, There is a part of human nature that when something bad happens to us, we retreat. Um, It's part of that fight or flight response. Um, It's the same kind of thing where if you've ever touched a hot stove, your hand immediately jumps back. You know, you don't have to consciously think about don't keep your hand there you're burning Um, the same thing is true with us emotionally when something happens we retreat it's just normal natural part of how we um, exist in the world Um, and then some not so good for us things come from that the number one of which is often we find ourselves living in a definition of life if you will that says, I'm the only person in the world that's going through this. Nobody else has ever had what I'm dealing with happen to them. Yeah, maybe there's people who have similar, but nobody's really gone through exactly what I'm going through. And, you know, there's, there's some truth and some lies in that. So, each of our experiences is, is different. We're individuals. We're unique And so in that, we are experiencing something differently than anybody else would experience it is true because nobody else is exactly like you, so nobody else's experience is going to be exactly like yours. It's why I always encourage everybody that their story is important is because nobody else can tell your story and give your perspective on it. Um, You know, but the... Difficulty, The danger of that is that often we buy so deeply into that definition that it becomes true. And we tell ourselves, nobody can help me because nobody understands. And for those of you that have been deep in it, you understand what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. You've been there. You're like, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and we need to share. We need to share what we're going through and we need to listen to other people sharing what they're going through because that commonality begins to arise. There are other parents whose children have had diagnoses, both the same thing that your child has as well as different things, but the, the struggle that they're going through is the same. There are people who have been diagnosed with the extremely rare disease that you've been diagnosed with or the extremely common disease, (laughs) either way. And it's important for us to share, to remember, and to find out again that though what we're feeling is very unique and very individual, that there is a commonality and that there are other people who have been where we are and have come out on the other side of it. And now, the secrets that they've gleaned through that journey are things that can help us as well. That's one of the biggest secrets that you're going to learn, both as we go through this whole concept today of talking about hope, and really having hope, building hope up in us, and getting to a newer and better state, but also... As we really truly learn how to live as a thriving entrepreneur, it happens by sharing our experience and sharing in the experience of other people so that each of us learns and grows and we can all of us live as a thriving entrepreneur. youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Time for me to check in with you and see how are you doing? How are you holding up? Did you find a little bit of hope? Did you see within yourself that little shred of hope Um, Are you doing a little bit better? Are you living a little better? Having success? Having more right now than you did when we started the show off? Or can you at least see that that could be possible? You know, it doesn't have to be huge. I'm not looking for, you know, a complete change from darkness to light or, or white to dark or any of that kind of thing. But just simply... Did the needle shift? Is there a tiny speck of possibility where it felt like there was none? Or is there even just an acknowledgement of the fact that there is that tiniest little speck of hope? I hope so. Because I want you to know how special and unique and wonderful you are. And that I appreciate that you've spent the time listening today. That you've gone through the whole show both the things I've said, as well as the wonderfully insightful stuff that Tammy shared with us, and that you can really take what we've shared with you today and run with it to, to live a better version of your life because of the time we've spent here today. As I said just before the commercial break, you know, that commonality of our existence is something that we need to share with one another. We need to share what we've been through because the thing that we've come through and we're now further along than what we've been, I'm not even talking about having reached perfection or you know, it's totally behind me or any of those kind of things, but just we've taken a step. We've taken two steps. We've taken 20 steps down this journey that is called life and we've come through this thing as many steps as we've come through at this point. We need to share that with the people because there are people who just now today started that journey that you've been on for the last six months, six years, whatever that might be. And they can use a little bit of the hope that you can bring to them. The thing that you now feel successful at, you feel good, hey, you know, I can do... This little thing, you know, I can get up in the morning and get dressed again. Some of you know what I mean. You can now share. This is what I had to go through to get to the place where I was willing to shower again, where I was willing to put on clean clothes, go out into public, see my friends, whatever that might be. And you can share that with the world. Your story matters. Make it a good one. People are looking for what you can share. There's a thing that you've been through. Great or small, it doesn't matter. We're not here to critique your life and say, well, that's not big enough. But in fact, you've been through some things. All of us as human beings have. And what I want you to do is be able to realize that that thing that you've been through you've got it handled you've made it from where you were to where you now are there was a time when the thing that you do now was hard for you remember as a small child when you couldn't tie your own shoes There's lots of developmental things as well as life issues that we've been through and we can share those because there's somebody else that person is probably as you're listening right now they're probably on Google searching for an answer you've done it you've gone on to Google and you've been like you know or you know you've asked Siri or whatever, you know, and you've been like, what is the answer to this thing? Simple, you know, cute, large or small. You know, my child absolutely will not clean their room. Help! (laughs) You know. Or, uh, you know, anything that it might be. You have come through to where you are now. And there's somebody that's starting in... On where you were. They need that story. They need to know the secrets, the clues, the tips, the tricks, the things that you've learned over the course of these last days, weeks, months, years of your life. That you can share with them. Maybe, maybe in the sharing, maybe they'll get to where you are a little quicker. Maybe their journey is going to be longer. I I have no way of knowing. I don't have some crystal ball that I can tell you. But I can tell you that without you sharing it, there's a high probability that they'll never find that answer. I want you to think about this for a minute. Kathy said this a a couple of times in different Facebook Lives she's done and stuff. You have a book in you. I know that to be true because 80% of the people in the world say they want to write a book. Um, So, you know, if you're listening, you probably have at least thought about writing a book. You have that story inside of you. You've been saying to yourself, this year I'm going to write it. This month, you know, I'm going to start that program and I'm going to write it. Whatever, you have that as an intentionality in your life, but you haven't done anything with it. And so for the week, six weeks, six months, six years we talked to somebody the other day who it's been 30 years that they've had this book that they know they're supposed to write and they haven't. During all of that time, there's somebody else that was looking for that solution and they haven't been able to have it because you haven't shared it yet. You see, your story is important. And as long as you're going to tell your story Put it down in writing. Put it down so that your children and your grandchildren and all the people in the future know your story. Put it down in writing so that people on the other side of the planet can glean knowledge from your information and your life experience. Put it down in writing because the things that we write down have so much more. It's dramatic, the difference between how much we remember, how much of an impact it makes on us, how much of a difference it makes when we write something down with intentionality. And while you're writing it down, why not make it a book and make it available? Price doesn't really matter. I'm not talking about getting rich off of writing your book. I'm talking about serving others, about being in a place where you're in service and you're making that book available. And while you're making that book available, why not make it a bestseller? We have an amazing group of people. I'm so blessed to be part of the group. I enjoy just sometimes, you know, Ghosting in the group, yeah, that's probably the wrong word, you know, being a stalker in the group and just reading people's posts of the amazingly cool things that are going on in their life. Our group is called Best Sellers Guild. You can get to it by going to bestsellersguild.com. It's a free Facebook group. We want you to join us. It's a great family, and like you said, it is so cool. To be able to hear the stories of, of the things that are happening. Of the person. Uh, you know, I always talk about Carl Michelle, He's one of my favorites. You know, he couldn't get people to return his calls to come and speak at their place for free. Um, now, his calendar's as full as he wants it to be. And he charges like $2,000. It's probably gone up by now. Um, for the speaking gigs. He has his own TV show now on you know, on some local network or whatever. Maybe it's a Roku channel, I don't remember, but, you know, he has his own TV show. Carol Parker Walsh, who submitted several articles to the Huffington Post and got turned down, now she's been published in several of their publications. She also has a segment that's regular on the local TV station. And the stories go on and on. Dr. Drayon Birch, who in 60 days from enacting the program that Kathy put together for him, made $160,000. And he's doubled that. And he's, he's repeated that same sales cycle over and over again now in the last almost a year that it's been. All the possibilities. I remember Pastor Andrea telling us that When she became a best-selling author, her other book that had been out for a while, people started buying it too. People started saying, hey, you know, what's going on with this? The, The outcomes are different because each of us are different people and we're going in different places. But the concept is the same. Where you're going, that impact that you're meant to make in the world, it's right there for you it's right at your fingertips. Now all you've got to do is start the journey. And it's so simple because it just starts with a little step. Join us at bestsellersguild.com. Like I said, it's going to take you to our free Facebook group, bestsellersguild.com. You'll be part of the Bestsellers Guild on Facebook. And uh, you can enjoy with us. I know that if you're listening live, we just started at the beginning of this week um, a brand new five day writing challenge to help people for free in the group. You know, all you got to do is be a free member of the group, and you can get help beginning to do the writing of your book. We have our nine week bestseller formula where if you want to say, hey, you know, I'd really like to learn how to write my book. And make it a bestseller. I know, Steve, that you and Kathy have a very successful formula. Could you teach it to me? The answer is yes. And then, of course, we have our authority package where we can help you get all the content for your book, potentially with very little writing on your part. Do a lot of it just through fun, casual conversations. It's important that you join us at Bestsellers Guild. And that you share your story with the world. because the one thing I know is that you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. We're so glad to have you as part of our listening audience. We're so glad for any time that we can impact your life, help you to live with more hope, with more encouragement, to live as a thriving entrepreneur. I want you to know that Kathy and I are here. We want to see you share your story with the world. We know how impactful it's going to be. We're ready when you are. Your story matters. Make it a good one. And as long as you're going to write a book, why not make it a bestseller? Know that Kathy and I are here to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us
1: again next time. youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today
2: okay round two
1: name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club
0: computer solitaire huh
1: ah oh, sorry
0: we were looking for chumba casino